Hello again, everybody. Jeremiah Plunkett and Quentin Charisma. And once again, we are right along Greenside and ready to go with another big week of the Territorial Wrestling Review Podcast. And Quentin, I have to apologize to our fans. Uh, we had to miss last week, and that was 100% my fault. Um, thought I had coronavirus. Thank goodness I didn't. Uh, bad case of the flu, and I was down on my back and not moving for a while. So I do apologize for getting sick. Uh, I'm probably about 85 to 90% right now, so enough to where we can we, we can get her uh, get her done and get her recorded tonight. Yeah, I, I, said, I missed two weeks with that Chinese virus, so obviously, you know, it's, the flu, it's not, flu is right up underneath it, so, you know, it's, it's they're both bad. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and where we've been on quarantine and my office has not been open, because usually our, our office uh, gives us flu shots every year. Um, because our office hasn't been open, I totally didn't think about getting a flu shot this year. And I've had the flu in the past, and it's it's been you know not great. The flu's never great. Yeah. But not having a flu shot this year and getting the flu, it whooped my butt. Mm. It was it was one of the worst flus I had. Um, wow. Both uh, both me and my fiance got it. Uh, and we both had to go get get tested again. Like I said, luckily we both came back negative, uh, and here we are. We're both on the mend. Uh, she's about two or three days behind me, so she's just now getting over it. Uh, I've still got some sinus issues and the occasional cough, which I will try to catch on mute. Uh, but I'm feeling a lot better and glad to be back on here with you and uh, watching some old wrestling. Hi, right. glad you're. Um... Glad you're back and ready to ready to roll. And uh, well, um, hope we won't have no more delays. Well, <laughs> as I say, I've had the virus. You had a a different virus, so hopefully we're virused out and we're done for a while. <laughs> yep. The, as long as uh, as long as we don't get get nothing else, I plan on being here each and each and every week again. Yeah. But whew, yeah. that that knocked me for a loop. But I'm glad to be back. Yeah, yeah. All right. So this uh what we're reviewing actually last week I forgot to, <laughs> we started and I've never said what episode we were on last week. So I'm gonna make sure I tell this week's episode is number fifty-six. <laughs> so make sure I get that in. Um so it uh, this was my pick this week, and I uh picked a match from Pacific Northwest. Uh Don Owens territory. It was from January 26, 1980, uh, Portland, Oregon. It was Roddy Piper and Rick Martell versus the Sheep Herders, uh, Luke Williams and Butch Miller, and they were the champions. And this was a two out of three falls. And I did not know that when I picked it. It was a two out of three falls. <laughs> um, the Sheep Herders had Buddy Rhodes uh, in their corner, I guess you want to say. As at the time, the sheep herders were part of Buddy Rose's army. Uh, so, like Buddy Rose had an army, uh, pretty much the whole time he was up there as a heel, and uh, he he's always he had always a cast of characters uh, in his army because he was always basically the top heel in Portland forever, and um, so everybody in his army was always a top guy. Seemed like, and this was. 
the top tag team. Um, one thing I did know, I've never been a big fan of Martell. Oh, I thought um, you were about to say Buddy Rose, and we were about to have fighting words. Oh, no, no, okay, no. Okay, good, good, good. I'm a, a big-time Buddy Rose, Mark, big time. Yeah, even when he got fat and, like, super sloppy and was just a job guy in WWF, I still loved him. He could still bump. Yeah, he was still super good and doing one-arm push-ups. Yeah, and you know, talking about really big guys that could move, um, the jobs for WWF. Uh, Rusty Brooks passed away this past week. Absolutely, yes, sir. As another big guy that I thought it didn't get enough credit. He, you know, it, when I was in training with Chris Champion, he he said, "Have you ever seen Rusty Brooks?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Man, Rusty can move." He said, "He throws a drop kick." He said, "You're gonna throw a drop kick," and that's why I learned how to do a drop kick because Chris was a uh, uh, he liked Rusty Brooks, I guess, because Brooks come from Malenko school. Chris come from Malenko school, um, so and he was like. So I'm going to teach you. He's going to learn a drop kick. And uh, he tried to teach me how to do cartwheels too, but my my dinosaur arms just wouldn't let me do them. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah. And you're actually the man who taught me how to, uh, how to throw a drop kick. And I still throw a drop kick just like you do to this day. Um, and uh, Tom Latimer is actually trying to teach me how to cartwheel. It's it's ugly. I'm, I'm not there yet. <laughs> uh, it's, man, if, you don't, if you have short arms like I do, it's really impossible. You know, uh, but you know, if you have but like me, I, my arms are so short, it, I, it just we can never get it. But uh, uh, so I have a tie-in with Rusty Brooks, even though I've never met the never met him. Yeah, so, um, I, I saw a lot of stuff on social media about him about him passing, mm-hmm. and, and you said that, he, that he's a guy that kind of like never never kind of got his due. Um, but I'll, I'll say this, everything I've seen, uh, and it's been from guys of the older generation. Now they talk about how giving he was for information and how he loved teaching. Yeah. Um, Gangrel put a really beautiful piece out on him about it. Cause I guess he would go down to Gangrel school and help out a lot. Yeah. Uh, but so apparently just a sweetheart of a man and, yeah. and loved yeah. to just, be around wrestling and help everybody get better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't even was going to mention until you started mentioning about, about Buddy Rose, you know, but yeah, it reminded, it reminded me of that, but yeah, Buddy Rose, man, he was, I don't think he got his, uh, all he deserved because a lot of people, you know, because he stuck, you know, he was important forever. He had, he had some stints in New York, but a lot of people remember, you know, early in his career, you know, early in the '80s, he did some New York shots, and but I think everybody remembers him from what in the AWA there when he would had started putting on weight a lot, and then when he then the you know the the blow away diet, blow away diet you know, was hilarious. I mean, I'm just saying. So that's what people really know him from. They don't really remember, you know, you know, you know, a lot of people do. You know, nowadays get on YouTube and see can see his stuff. You know, but majority that's what he's known for. You know, yeah. and this stuff right here. It, it, like I said, I watched some of his stuff. Um, I think it was 77, 78 um, on YouTube from Portland of uh, uh, 
and he, you know, he was just, and he was just starting out, you know, getting hit and he st- and was still really learning and his stuff, it was a little bit on there of that time period. Him and um, my mind just went blank. What's Colonel Bears' name? Oh, gosh. I can't believe uh, my mind just went blank. Oh, I can believe your uh, your mind went blank. But <laughs> um, let's see. Edward Wiskowski. Wiskowski. Ed Wiskowski. Yeah. Him and Ed, Ed Wiskowski uh, were, were, uh, were teaming up. And uh, it was some really good stuff. But, yeah. Anybody get a chance, go on YouTube and look at from like 78, 78, 78 ish, all the way up to about 84, 85, uh, Portland stuff with um, with uh, Buddy Rose. Even the stuff he did in New York in the early 80s, it was some good stuff. But his Portland stuff was just, it was amazing. Yeah, no, at, Buddy Rose was was fantastic and if i because I, i've seen some 70s buddy rose too and he like wasn't because everyone remembers him being kind of out of shape he was actually kind of in shape when he started yeah yeah i mean he wasn't muscled up but he wasn't fat he was you know and the thing is though i mean yeah he wasn't muscled up he wasn't fat he you know he went he, he you tell he you know and maybe hit the hit the bicycle. Well, so especially in the late seventies, you know, the Cosmopolitan Jam probably hit the bicycle, and the old. <laughs> I think we talked about this was the last time the old Universal. Yeah. The big old Universal set, you know, we probably hit a, a set on each one of those and get on the bicycle, and, you know, maybe the it hit the 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 hot tub or something that you know. So he wasn't he wasn't, he didn't have a body, but he wasn't fat, you know. So he was going in to get a good sweat. Yeah, there you go. It's, good it's, sweat. Look at the women. That's it. But uh, but yeah, he he uh, but I was, well, I was actually started out this time about. I've never been a fan of Rick Martel. Um, yeah, you know, I really growing up, I never saw him until he got to AWA. Um, because you just you know, because uh, only cable we had was. Okay, you know, we got the Memphis uh, in the early early mid eighties. We got Memphis uh, world class. Uh, world class would get off and on. Um, uh, like in eighty three, eighty four, we'd get off and like we'd show it for a few months, and then they'd stop showing it. Uh, we'd get the World Championship Wrestling you know, off TBS, of course. And then we'd get New York um, WOR would get their TV. Um, so. Until he went to AWA and they went on ESPN, I never saw Rick Martel. I saw his name in the magazines. Uh, and babyface Rick Martel and AWA was horrible. I I just, I don't know. It just was bland. Uh, I just, you know. Now, this babyface Rick Martel was like night and day, I think, from the AWA Rick Martell. So from from my personal experience, I, I guess I can't I can't exactly share that because the first Rick Martell I saw, um, and this is before obviously going back and studying film, yeah, uh, was the model, and the model was fantastic. Oh, oh yeah, I'm talking about Babyface 
Um, but, but yes, going going back and watching tape, unless uh, Rick Martel's wrestling in, in the AWA is wrestling somebody like Stan Hansen, I could care less. Yeah, I, I think he's a fantastic wrestler, but he just oh yeah, bland. He was just born as a babyface in AWA. He was born as all. It was horrible. Boy. It, it was. So he he was champion in what? Was it late eighties, early nineties? But AWA? Yeah. Was it like eighty five, wasn't it? Oh, I thought it, I thought it was later than that. Um, no. Okay. No, because he lost to Hanson. Yeah. So he, but he even seemed. He seemed. I guess he seemed like a seventies white meat baby face. You know what I mean? It, I don't know. I think it was – well, see, they say when he was in Georgia in the early 80s, like, was it like 79, 80 around that time period? They said he was – they said he was over big time. I'm just wondering if he tried to be – Um, I guess he tried to – I mean – I guess Vern didn't want him to have any flash, I guess. He just wanted him to just be, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just be wrestler guy. Yeah. Which, I mean, a, a lot of guys in the AWA fell into that category because that's what Vern wanted. We push wrestling. Yeah. yeah. You know, and some, God, some of the guys that they pushed there at different times were just so – and I say pushed, I don't mean to the top because you had you had guys with personalities up top like Bachwinkle and whatnot. And Bernie yeah. even had some personality. Like it was a very I'm Vern, I've been here forever, but that was yeah. his deal, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. but God, what, what was his name? Jeff Ports. You remember that guy? Talk about the ball headed guy? Yeah, a guy who kind of looked like Vern. Yeah, he he was he's a he was he's a territory guy. He worked everywhere. Yeah, but like I, I he was a AWA guy, and he was just kind of like I'm a wrestler. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. That's that's all Vern cared about. I mean, God, what, what was that? What was that huge dude? Did the Chris Taylor? Yeah, yeah. All Vern Chris cared Taylor. about there was Olympic. he was he was a wrestler. He was, he was an Olympic, Olympic wrestler. wrestler. Yeah. yeah, that's all he wanted. Yeah, he wanted he was Olympic wrestler. Yeah. So you know, yeah, but the, but the people who were actually stars there like had to give the gab, and it didn't matter what they could do in the ring, and most of them could do it. You know, I mean, most of them were really good in the ring too. But like Larry Zabisco was super entertaining in the AWA. He can yeah. wrestle as good as the Ganyas or the Bachwinkles, but he'd put on a he'd put on a, a ninja gi and throw some nunchucks every now and then, and. <laughs> be ridiculous, and it was fun. I love Larry Zabisco. I might be one yeah. of the few, but now Zabisco. I mean, I don't know. I look at because you look at this. You know, he, you know, he he came up through you know the seventy late seventies through with the Bruno that whole thing, and then he went to Georgia. You know, and then he, when he went to, it's just somebody, and he's an AWA. He, I don't know, because then, then after AWA, he went to WCW, and he teamed with Arn, 
Oh, the enforcers were great. You know, he didn't he didn't do that whole ten minute ten minute, you know, kill the kill time before the match stick down there. He couldn't do that down there. So I mean, he could act, you know. So it, it's depends. On, he he it was did like, some. Arn Arn talks about on his podcast that Arn would nearly pull what little bit of Harry had left out, yelling at Larry to do something. And Larry would be like, but Arn, they're yelling Larry sucks. Yeah. And Arn would be like, that's because you do. <laughs> but it was nothing like the AWA stuff. Oh, no, no. AWA, that would be 15 minutes. Yeah. Arn would so, have found uh, a way to tag himself in and start taking bumps. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Just Martel. I just, I, I, you know, and then when he was in Strike Force, it kind of, I think it's because he went right out of AWA into WF as Strike Force. I don't think he 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 had more oomph about him, but he still I don't know. I don't I think it was um I think he still had some AWA on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this this was before he got the AWA influence in him. Yeah. And he was really good. I liked him. I thought he was really good. I, I enjoyed him here, and I enjoyed some of the stuff that he, he was pulling out. Uh, and uh, we're actually going to to watch the match as we discuss it uh, here in a bit. We're just kind of doing, oh, I guess, some opening notes here. Um, I still think the best thing that ever happened to Martel was turning heel. Oh, definitely. The, the mo- and, uh, and I think everybody probably thought that was insane besides Vince McMahon because Martel was one of those lifer baby faces. Yeah. You know what I mean? But here's the thing, you know, he, if, if he's gonna say babyface, he was never gonna be more than a mid card guy at the best. So at least he got a little higher up in the card, not main event guy, but he got up a little higher. You know what I'm saying? Intercontinental champion, didn't he? Was he? Uh, he might have been. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I believe so, but like, you know. Love Tito, love, you know, love Tito to death, but Tito was as bland as they come, and then and he would never turn heel. And so there's a ceiling for him. Yeah, Martel could go into feuds with everybody, and do the the atomizer of the uh, arrogance for men. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, the, oh, the yeah, giant I- button that said, "Yes, I am a model." <laughs> he, it, it, you know, and he, he, I think he had to turn heel because, like I said, I don't think there was anywhere else he could go as a baby face. Um, even though he was still young, he still, he was kind of getting old, if you know what I mean? I guess because he, I don't know, it's, it, I just want those people, it, like, he couldn't, he topped. He had already topped out as a babyface. So, yeah, and it, well, and his French accent did him no did him no favors. You know that French Canadian accent. That's he, what hurt him too as a babyface, I think. But talking. the minute they said he's a model and he's got that French accent, exactly perfect for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because yeah. he Amer- American audience thoughts are he sounds like a wuss, right, with that accent. Uh, yeah, a French accent isn't a very imposing accent. Yeah, 
you put a model gimmick on the guy, and he was a good-looking guy, a good-looking yeah. guy in shape. He's a model. He's got that accent. Perfect. We're going to boo the yeah. crap out of him. Exactly. Um, but not not to count on everybody else. We and we've got we got a couple different accents, or I guess all sorts of different accents in this match. We've got yeah, Roddy, pretty much Roddy Piper's uh, Canadian accent. Yeah. <laughs> from, from Saskatoon, you know. But he's got yeah. that. Have you noticed everybody from Portland who came out of Portland? They all at one point tried to cut that Roddy Piper promo. Really? I never thought about it. Uh, well, Doctor Tom for one. He I love come Dr. out of Portland. Well, no, but he went through Portland for a while, and when he? he came, when he came back, you know, he would do that promo and he would mess with his hair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, God, who else did it? There was a couple people who tried. Matt Bourne. Matt Bourne, before he really found himself and, like, started being doink and stuff like that. Oh, and just being it, crazy? Yeah, or being <laughs> insane. But his, his promo started kind of like that, don't you know? Yeah. Er, you know, and, yeah. and, and there's all the hair and everything, too. Like, they yeah. all mess with their hair. They all, they all had that Piper thing. Um, and then... Of course, we've got the New Zealand accents <laughs> from, from the sheep herders. And brother, I have never seen the sheep herders looking like this. I, I know. Now, you know, I think this is the best. I think they look, even though, you know, with their hair, you know, they kept their hair short forever. I think they look better with the, the shaggy hair. I, mean, I think I saw, it made I, I, I've seen old pictures of uh, of Luke with long hair. Because what was he in New Zealand like, Pretty Boy Luke or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. or Sweet Luke or it was something like that. Sweet was, Luke, something yeah. like that. Yeah, they, yeah. They it, had... it was basically like a homosexual gimmick. But man, like I, I'm trying to think. Did they wear tights as the sheep sheep herders? Like. Shaved head, hardcore sheep herders, or had they already gone to pants? No, they've always wore. Uh, they've switched to the uh, the the camo fatigues or the the solid fatigues with the butcher, and it was in the end of their run in UWF. I guess in in Florida and that. 85, 86 time period. I think it's when they switched over to that. But but prior it was like all black. Um, it was, it was the, black. The, it was yeah. No, it was uh, gray. Yeah. Uh, it was they had gray. Had a gray set. They had a looked like a black, and I think like a navy, or it might have been just faded out black. <laughs> but yeah, that, they yeah. yeah they just they yeah when they. Um, Basically, from like when they, I think when they got in San Antonio at uh, Southwest, I think it was when they got rid of the colorful, uh, and they yeah, were all I, one I'm, color. I'm gonna, hit, I'm gonna hit play real quick, so uh, so we can describe what they're wearing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. It looks like they have one leg is uh, red, one leg is blue. Uh, on their on their tights, they're wearing white trunks. 
uh, and it looks like the front of their butcher is red and the back is blue. They are and actually uh, they're their super trunks, colorful. Their trunks actually, I think, are some kind of um, two-color tie-dye. Because uh, sometimes I show close-ups, and you could see um, it looked like, it, and, and I say tie-dye, I'm not tie It looks like very homemade of maybe, looks like maybe they spilt something. <laughs> I mean, it's not very... I assume dirty or bloody and stained. That okay, that's might what it actually might be. That actually thinking about that, that actually might what it is. might be. It might be they just got blood stuff on them and yeah. But this so, so I mean was this era sheep herders, you know, juice job sheep sheep herders? Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean that could very easily be. Oh man, we wore our white trunks for the juice job match. Yeah. In which it, it really goes with the game because you look at them, man. Even though they they have colorful, you know, leggings and butchers and stuff. Yeah, man, they're scruffy looking. Man, the hair and the beards and and you know the missing teeth. They look. You think of a sheep herder. That's what you think right there. They don't look like they've been bathed in a while. You know. So, I mean, yeah, look no, at they, 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 <laughs> they 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 don't. Uh, and and that's Butch with the blonder hair, right? No, that's Luke's in the ring right now. Okay, with the over by the ref. I don't know. Well, yeah, the one closest to us is Butch right now. Okay, Butch just got out of the ring. Okay, it, it, it's so weird because they look nothing like. You know no. what I mean? Um, it, and, it, yeah, and I Butch, gotta look. Butch doesn't have that destroyed nose yet. <laughs> that's how I'd always I'll always tell Butch. He just had that nose that's been broken so many times. It's like yeah. on the left side, or sorry, right side of his face. <laughs> it's practically growing yeah, out of his yeah, cheekbone. I mean, on this, there's several times in this match I had to really look to see which one was in there. But they just look it. Uh, oh, yeah, that's, that's hair definitely a, Luke. Yeah, Duke Luke's hair is a little lighter. You know, they like okay. <laughs> the thing that I noticed about this match. Boy, you could tell, dude. That might be blood. I'm looking at that. Uh, I'm I thinking think it, it is. is. I'm thinking it's dried up blood, man. The more I look at it, <laughs> Piper's rocking the sweet plaid trunks too. It's as you know. I'm gonna say everybody in this match is K and H'd out to the gills. <laughs> oh yeah, because that's. I mean, that's all they in this 1980. That's all they had. Well, and, yeah, and, it, and and Piper's like. He, they probably had a special order of that material because I don't remember seeing that in the old K and H catalog. Oh, dude, that's something that stuff they had in the seventies. Is a, what they had on on um in that place was amazing. All the different patterns and stuff they had it is just crazy. Now I'm sure they had all that because you think about all the the people that did the Indian gimmicks in the sixties and seventies. They had that old uh, like patch pattern. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, if the people can't watch this, Martel just put Luke in a headlock, and he just kept wrenching it to the point where Luke just bumps out of it. it yeah, it's, a it, it's a tremendous sell. Yeah, it's they they did this work this headlock a lot, and it's um yeah, and they real they they wrench it. 
they it ain't like they just grab the headlock and just sit there. They're wrenching the crap out of it. That's how they you know they're just you know, and Luke it's constant movement. He's trying to get out of it and then constant wrenching. It's really good. Uh so I our, like our, it a lot. our referee for this match is Sandy Barr. Oh um he's wearing a <laughs> he never wore a referee shirt. It just looks like a seventies polo. It is with straw. Yeah, it's a seventy. It, he never, he never wore referee shirt. In which I'm fine with, but like this doesn't look like, I, you know, I'm cool with the polos with like the patch or whatever. That's where we wore the, the show that night. <laughs> it looks like yeah. he got out of his panel van. And he's yeah. like, All right, boys, I'm here to do it. Let me put out my cigarette. I'm coming out to the ring. Yeah, that's exactly. You watch, you watch all this old Portland, and it looked like he came to the ring the way he showed up at the building. And he always wore those polo shirts. He'd see a t-shirt every now and then. It was like just whatever. And it, and most time, it was never a solid color polo. It was, you know, you know, um, right out the you know the snazzy Sears catalog polo section, you know. <laughs> Oh, and he's got the bell bottoms on too, by the way. Oh, yeah, it's eighty. They were still rocking those up in Portland. Um, who's on com- who's on commentary? Is that Dutch Savage? No, it's the what's the guy's name? The guy passed away. Uh, Bonaman, or how do you say his name? Bonaman. So I, I'm not familiar with that one because, like, uh, the the Portland I'm familiar with that, that I watch. I've watched a later Portland, I guess, and it's uh, Dutch Savage is doing a lot of the commentary. Yeah, this the guy his name's Bon. I think it's Bon. I think he pronounced it Bonham or something like that. He passed away. Like, I want to say 82, 83. Um, and then Dutch Savage and another guy were. We think Dutch they they did that after that. I want to say his name was Bonneman. I think it's, he had the he had the perm. <laughs> nice. He had a frizzy perm hair, but this they this match. Okay, this the headlock takeover. When they did it, they did the headlock takeover when you you know walk the turnbuckle. So, did you hear what the announcer called it? Oh God, walking the golden ladder. Yeah, yeah, walking the golden ladder. Yeah, when they'd walk the turnbuckles to do the headlock takeover, call it golden ladder. So they're still working the headlock on this. And Piper almost fell out of the ring doing that, by the way. Yeah. Oh, oh Luke held on to him because Piper slipped. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the um, – did you notice what Sandy Barr just did? Okay. He had, um, Martel has him in the headlock. He went to roll him up. He had the tight so – so Sandy Barr just rolled the pile back over. I've noticed in this match, he touches the wrestlers a lot for a ref. Yeah, I think he's he's like overly babyface. But then again, you'll see him again later on, like he ain't even paying attention to the match. Yeah, it's it, it's he's he's really bad as a ref. Sa- Sandy was uh was Art's dad, correct? Yes, Art and Jesse Moore's dad. Yeah, and Sandy was a wrestler at one point. Is that correct, or was he always a referee? I don't know. I've always known him as a ref. There's the first big spot. Reverse monkey flip. The big first. Here's the big. 
Ooh. I thought this is exactly why you called this match. Um, for yeah, for those who aren't, aren't seeing it, and we probably should have done a countdown for when we started watching it, so you guys could have watched yeah. this uh, old school <laughs> head scissor. Yes, we're, we're at eight twenty one, eight twenty two, eight twenty three. If you guys want to get lined up, but yeah, old yeah. school head scissor, one of my favorite moves. As soon as I saw that upon the first watching, I'm like, this is why Quentin called it. Yeah, so they they'd already been in this match for a long time. Like, just working the head, and they finally did that first spot. And it uh, ends up, yeah, I figured it'd end up with a headlock. You know, they actually ended the spot into the head scissor and he's held, held on to the head scissors. And uh, it, just the way they work the simple stuff, then uh, Butch Clover puts Luke's foot on the ropes and the ref don't even pay attention to it. <laughs> and it's like, so I, I get why he wouldn't break it. Obviously, seeing that happen, oh, we got a little short pile driver. That was nice. Um, but Luke could have just put his foot out and put it on the ropes himself. Yeah, man, he's he's working his head scissors, and it's not lazy head scissors either. Yeah, no, no, no. They, he's not they're all they're there. moving around. Luke's trying to get out of it. He's really moving around trying to get out of it. Martell's working it. You know, it, they they're putting emphasis on this little simple thing that. Yes, he's still gaming the head scissors. Yeah, and he, he's pulling he's pulling the tights, and he's hiding it from the ref. Yeah. So now they come back up. What's he going to do? Uh, climb the ropes. Head scissor takeover. Yep. So now so he wants to turn back and walks the ropes. Nowadays, you'll see the, the tilt-a-whirl out of that. Yeah. But he just went right back to an old school head scissor and kept yeah. it locked on. I like it. Well, they hadn't, we hadn't discovered tilt the worlds here in 1980. <laughs> well, not not in Portland anyway. No, not Portland. Uh, California at that time, yes. Portland, no. <laughs> uh, I saw a clip the other day actually of like it was black and white, and it's uh, either Blue Demon or El Santo. I can't remember which one hitting it just a suicide dive. Dang. So black and white, and considering who it was, it had to be 60s probably. Yeah. So yeah, just a suicide dive. And uh, the person who shared it put spot monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like they got some, they're getting some heat on um, Martell now. They've yeah, cut yeah. him off. But, and they're just, Butch is in just tearing him up. Yeah, he's just beating on him big time. Butch yeah. is so much bigger than Luke here. Yeah, he is look had a little, a little more weight on him, it looks like. Yeah, he's just beating on him. Piper runs out, try, running around trying to, I guess, to fire him up, I guess, trying to. It's so basically they're just beating, kicking, gaming, back up, trying to game a back elbow, but also just punching and kicking and just beating on him. Luke's uh, back in. Uh, and I love the body language. Uh, of the sheep herd is everything's big. Yeah. It's everything they, that's what, all this is easy, little simple stuff. Everything they do, they put emphasis on it. And, and, and they're wild, but you can tell they're safe. Yeah. Cause if you watch, I'm like now, they, 
their wild, their body movement is wild and reckless, but they're hitting is safe. Yeah. You know, the rest like, of their bodies all over the place. Whatever they're hitting them with, it, you can tell it. And, and nothing safe. in this match has been clean. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't that that's something that when I watch uh Georgia or like mid-Atlantic stuff, a lot of that wrestling's so clean. You know, which is great and I love it, but this is just yeah. like sloppy and gritty. Yeah. Oh, it's the shoe partners they're gonna have they yeah, they had you know it wouldn't look right out there, and was um, you know, yeah, they're just putting a beating on Martel now. They're just beating on him, dropping the knees from the second he's come off the second middle of the second rope, knee drops to the chest. So like, let's see, Martel. So I think it's let's see. Piper keeps drawing the ref, but they don't do nothing out of it, though. He turns back around. Uh -oh. There goes pile driver. Very safe pile driver. <laughs> yeah. That was a that that was like the Harley Brace really likes you pile driver. Yeah. yeah it's, so Butch just pile drive Martel in but, the ring. Really yeah. safe. But this is uh this is Portland where that's not death. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's and it's crazy how different territories. You know, Memphis. But then again, though, that'd have been he it. just he did cover him, and but Piper broke up the count, so it could have been you know the three count. But Piper came in and, but it wasn't their finishing move either. I guess if it's your finishing move, it's you know it is the one, two, three. They're just yeah. just beating on dropping knees, kicking. You know, for another cover, he kicks out. He's making his way back over to the Bayface corner. They cut him off. The people were into this match, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Big time. Uh, yeah. Everything... I, look at that old lady get up. See yeah. that, old, that old lady in front row get up? She's hot. Yeah. So, I mean, everything they did is just simple heat, but it just looks – you know, everything the Sheepherders did in this match, like I said, it was wild and nothing smooth. And just, yeah. So it was just, it, they didn't have to do a lot, you know. And Piper, uh, and I know, I know Martel's the one getting the, the butt kicking right now, but Piper was so beloved in Portland. Yeah. You know, and it's crazy because, like, everyone else thinks about him as, I mean, obviously he had his baby face run in WWF and he's super duper over there too, but as yeah. a heel, God, people tried to stab him and stuff like that, and I think yeah. did stab him. Um, but not in Portland, man. They loved him. Yeah. Martel trying to get a little comeback. He's trying to fight his way out. He's in the opposite corner. Man, Piper is working that apron like a crazy person, yeah. too. Just then, did you see that? You usually don't see that. Uh, what, the, the knee to the back? Yeah, they used to say it to start the heat, but not during the heat. Oh, yeah. When he shoots, it, shoots him in the ropes, into the ropes, and he – Marta hits the ropes, and uh, Luke hits him with the knee to the back. You usually don't see that, you know, unless it's to start the heat. So he shoots him in, get a duck Holy one. crap. Get a duck uh, – Bush shoots him in, he gives him a duck one, hits him with a – Martel drizzling with a drop kick. Yeah, and that was almost like a drop salt. 
hot tag to Piper. He comes in, house of fire. Piper's walking Butch. around like he's uh oh god, uh Joe Scarpa friggin' uh <laughs> I forgot his gimmick he's name. Sheep Herders hip tosses, big knee lip on Butch. Doing his Wahoo McDaniel dance. Yeah, he's doing a dance around. Yeah, he's going he's just going nuts. Shoots him in, gives a big backdrop. Okay, where's Luke? I think Luke just got bumped again. Yeah, yeah, Luke's out there on the the outside. A little drop down. Sleeper. Martel puts on the sleeper hold. Luke comes in to stop, cut him off. Piper cuts him off. Oh, man, Butch they're going nuts like over crazy. a sleeper hold. Look nuts at that arm. over a sleeper hold. Piper cuts off Luke again. Shoots him outside. Th throws him outside. Look at He is flaming. The people going nuts. Butch is – look how he's selling that, man. He's flailing. Finally, he's got him. He's got him. Check the arm. And they and get he, the first fall. People are jumping up and down. They're happy. They win the first fall. The Bay he faces did, he did hugging. The, the referee did the three drop. Yeah. But he did it quick. Yeah, he did it really fast. Which I like. Well, because it wasn't in the middle of the heat. <laughs> it was actually to go home with the first fall. <laughs> he didn't have to milk it. <laughs> he wasn't going to milk it. Yeah. So they go to, I guess they went to commercial. And uh, they come back. Buddy Rose is back out at ringside with them. And they're going to start back. Luke gets in the ring. And they're telling him, no, it has to be Butch. So they're telling Jesse, uh, Jesse Barr. <laughs> they're telling um uh, Sandy Barr, that it has to be Butch in there, not Luke, because Butch is on it. So he, so Martell whips him over the top rope, catapults him into the ring, Butch into the ring, and he's on like a house of fire. He shoots him into the corner. Yes, start starting out with a comeback. Yeah. Snap marries him, drops some elbow. I like how they the team these sheepers they sell they they just flopping their legs their arms they're just wailing everywhere when they sell I love that. You know, usually you see something it's a crisp bump. They're flailing all over the place. Yeah, you know? they're they're all arms and legs. Yes. So Piper's in. He shoots him in. Goes for the big buckle. Splashing the turbo. He misses. He hit his head. They said he hit his head on the pole. Right. Yeah, so they've got – it looks like – because this is a small TV studio, and it looks like they've got on – It's not a TV studio. It's not small, dude. Huh? That, that place, place is not tiny. small. No. Oh. It oh. holds several thousand. Oh, okay. But uh, Yeah, sports ring up there. At the range. It just I, looks I know small. On the they other got it side, cut out. Yeah. On the other side, they've got a pole up. So I'm assuming on this the side that he hit, they've got a pole coming up at the turnbuckle post. Yeah. And I think that's what he what he hit. What he hit, yeah. It looks tiny in there, but it holds a couple thousand. Oh wow! It just looks really tiny on that hard camera side. This whole side to the to the left is all chairs. No, it'll hold a couple thousand. Squeeze, okay. you can squeeze a couple thousand in there, but it it looks small. Yeah, it, it looks like there's. Like, I mean, it's small, but it's not bigger than you think. Yeah, it, it, it looks like small. it would hold like 500 or something like that. No, it holds a couple thousand from what I've heard. You can, you can squeeze them in there. Well, yeah, they've got, they've got bleachers on that backside. Yeah. 
So they got they got the heat on Piper. So is this, uh, is actually, this a place they had re- regularly run, or is this yeah uh, okay? So this, this is where they a, did their regular TV and their matches. Okay. Yeah, Portland Sports Arena. Yes, yeah, so their 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 heat is all just punch kicks, stomps, chokes. Yeah, like you'd take a sheep herder would be. <laughs> and they and they just they just double, a lot of double teaming on Piper. Did he get colored off that pole? I couldn't tell. I, I still can't tell. So, and, and that that's the thing about about this footage is that it is kind of kind of blah. Yeah, it just like I said, early '80s Portland. It's hard to find good, good, clear footage. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of it out there, but there's not a lot of good quality footage out there. There's a little um, bit, but not much. I, I I don't I don't know if you you know, <laughs> Sandy Bar just got kicked in the head. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you notice it, but the uh, the announcer guy. I keep wanting to say, Doug okay, Savage. watch it right here. Watch right here. Okay. Okay, so the Bayface to make a tag. They had they drew the ref right. Yeah, behind the okay. ref. So it's behind the ref's back. Okay, so what would you usually do? He'd make you, the Bayface get out. out. He don't. Yeah, Sandy Bar's is like, all right, I guess that'll be fine. Sandy Bar just got lost. I think he got lost. Because look at Martell. He's like, yeah, I think Sandy. See, Sandy Bar sucked, dude. I'm sorry. He's horrible. This whole match, you watch him, he is just – yeah, he got lost, dude. Well, yeah, and Luke even went over there and started beating up Piper again. Piper, yeah, and rolled him back in the ring. Yeah, and rolled him back in. Yes, yeah, so look at Sandy Bar. He has no clue what's going on. Oh, God, and they had to almost restart and lock up. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Uh. So Martell, they shoot Martell and he goes for the Dundee crossbody. Uh, Butch, uh, look, moves. And right here, that was a three count. Well, he did a karate chop on him, you see. <laughs> but I'm saying Piper was in there and broke up the count. He didn't break it up. Well, see, he, he, got, he never this, pulled him off of him. I don't, I'm, try, I'm trying to cover for the referee. No, it was off. He is so lost. He got... Yeah, so we got the the sheep herders with, with a, uh, the second fall. The referee has gotten so lost in this. And Sandy Barr sucked, man. I did not realize <laughs> how bad he was. Okay, so after the second fall, they go up to the crow's nest. That's the that's the guy the announcer there. Something bomb, and this was awesome. You look at them; <laughs> they're sitting there, no teeth, scraggly, just. And the stuff they were, I don't know if I wrote anything down on that or not. About the, um, let's see. Man, they got crazy uh, eyes. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, it's, let's see, did I write anything down on the interview? It was really good. Um, let's see. Uh, oh yeah, they right. They start. They're talking and everything, and all of a sudden, they grab it. They're here in a second. So they're fixing to grab something, and I can't figure out what it, it was. Somehow, that they don't need. Um, 
they don't need people to give them things or something like that. But it, it was really, it was really good. Cause I mean, for their gimmick, they, there's no way they should go out there and really make a coherent interview. It's some kind of little doll thing. Did you see that? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, it had to be something they showed later in the show. Earlier in the show, it had meaning. So some kind of somebody must have gave Bayface some kind of little doll or something because they're picking up and throwing it around. And, yeah, uh, and they say something about how they don't have pretty faces and stuff yeah. like that, but. It's some kind of doll. Yeah. But it was real. it was, their interview, I, I think their interview was really, really good, I thought. It was really. Oh, um, it's, it's a China doll, and they're, like, dropping it and breaking it. Okay. But, yeah, they were just. Re- <laughs> man, the uh, the afro on this announcer, brother. Yeah, I told you, man. <laughs> and the leisure suit is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> He's pimped out. Yeah. So they go back. It's already started to the, the third fall when they get back from commercial. Uh, they got the heat on Piper. Butch is in there with Piper right now. It makes tag to Martell. Yep. So they do a drop down, body slam, and a cover. <laughs> Looks in there to break it up. So I guess they're going into the shine. Oh, he's going for a Boston Crab. Wasn't that uh, Martel's finish? Yeah. No, he got put in the Boston Crab where he lost his belt to the Boston Crab. But I think Martel used that for a finish for a while. I, I know he did in WCW. I don't know. I know in WCW he, he did, yeah. It was, the Quebec, it was the Quebec Crab. Okay. So he's got Miller and the Crab. Luke comes in, Piper cuts him off, then he gets Piper goes out, Luke comes back in, he cuts off. So who is the legal man? Sandy Bars is sitting on the stump his butt. Because now Piper's in there. There wasn't a tag. Yeah, and I think Luke just came in and just told him, You're terrible. Yeah. Oh my god. He's he has no oh, we got him a bear hug. Piper's got Butch in a big bear hug. You yeah, right. Piper bear anymore. hug. You don't see that a lot, do you? You don't see, yeah, I don't see Piper doing a bear hug or anybody doing a bear hug anymore. Yeah, Cindy Barr, good gosh, he's been around forever. He was horrible as a ref. I would not believe how bad he is. So we get a double tag. Oh, God. What just happened there? Uh, it looked like Martell went to shoot Williams off and Williams fell. And he fell. So now we've got a front face lock. Oh, abdominal stretch. Gets him the abdominal stretch. Martel's got his abdominal stretch on him. Looks, oh, Butch comes in and breaks it up. Piper comes in. They didn't tag again. No, they, they tagged as they were rolling by. They did? Yeah, yeah. Martel okay. reached out and tagged him real quick. Okay, I didn't see. Oh, I was, I was... And, and now Sandy Barr switches him out. Good. Yeah, God. he switched. What the? He is so lost. So Martel's got him in the corner. He's working on him, whips him into the buckles. Big buckle. Goes for another cover. Butch breaks it up. So what we got here? There's your tag. Piper's back in. What we got? Oh, 
There's your Tommy atomic drop. Oh. Piper goes for a cover. Puts you back in. Breaks another cover. What's about three covers he's broke now? Pin attempts he's broke up? In this fall alone. Yeah. Martell's in. Ah, uh, the old oh. school backbreaker. Yes, nice backbreaker goes for the cover. Butch comes in, breaks it up again. <laughs> you, you know, Tags, I, there used to be a rule that after a certain number of breaks is the disqualification. Yeah. Piper's in now, goes for a suplex. Nice standing suplex. That's Harley's finish. You better not kick out. Piper's selling the suplex. I like that. And Butch comes in and breaks it up too. Slate's five now. <laughs> so they've hit a move every time on Luke. Go for a cover. Butch breaks it up. Our screen just went black. There we go. There's another cover. Butch cover breaks that up too. Martell comes in, cuts Butch off. He hits him. He goes back, ties him to the ropes. Hey, that's the best thing Sandy Bars did. Yeah. Butch throws Sandy Bar over the ropes. <laughs> Sheep herders just turned baby face. Yeah. So at you least look, Martell's caught up in the ropes. Watch these people. Watch it. Look at them. They're going nuts. Watch this one lady. Okay. Uh, can you pause it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, pause the uh, footage. All right. So Martell come in to break it up. Butch cut him off, hit him. He took the bump into the ropes, got tied in the ropes. He grabs Sandy Bar. He throws Sandy Bar out. Well, this time he goes over to Piper. Luke's got Piper by the legs. Butch has got Piper. He starts biting his ear. This whole time, um, Martell's hopping the ropes. Watch the, when you hit play. Watch the woman in white on the outside. All right. They're they're just giving Piper the business over here. One's on top of his. Uh, Luke's got his legs holding him. Butch is up top. Okay, go ahead. All right, and three. To play. Boom. He's just getting on him. He's oh yeah. She cut the woman comes over, tries to get him out of the ropes on time. <laughs> yeah, security and, and gets secu- her. yeah, security had to get her. Well, and but Sandy Barr, okay, so I don't get this. So Sandy Barr frees him right after that. They should have just let the yeah. lady do it. <laughs> My thing is so while they were doing that. Butch was over there biting Piper's ear. Sandy Bar gets up, which I think he got way too soon to be taking a bump out of the ring. Come back in, and he's not selling it. Sandy Bar did not sell it at all. Come back in, untied him. Martell's after Luke on the floor, runs him back in. Gives him a couple shots. He goes over to, back over to Miller. Man, Piper, Piper is selling this ear beautifully. Piper sold yeah. the ear a lot, if you think about it, because like yeah. he did it in the uh, Greg Valentine match yeah. too. So I'm wondering if, because I'm wondering if he had maybe a cauliflower and he could gimmick it without really hurting himself, you know? It could be that, yeah. It could be that, or it's just it's just something interesting to sell too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. All right, so now we get up to the crow's nest and the announcer. Sandy Barr, he's like, I'm keeping the belts. I'm keeping the belts. He's like, we got to have it. He said, we got a champ. We got to have, we, I got to keep the belts. We'll have a match again next week. It's My the, thing is. Uh, it's the old Mike Porter finish. Rest in peace. Hold the belts up. Yeah. But no, he don't say hold the belts up. He says, I'm keeping the belts. 
Yeah, he like acting all authoritarian now, or he just and it was horrible. I know referees didn't supposed to be able to talk, but I can't believe how bad Sandy Barr was. So here comes Piper and Martell. Martell cuts a good fired up um, baby face. He's fired up. Piper's selling the ear. You can't really see the blood until they zoom in a little bit toward the end here. But he's fired up, and um, you know he's still got that kind of broken English, you know, French Canadian gimmick. But it's really fired up. He's showing a lot of heart, and you can barely see the blood. Looks like the footage is not the best, but you can see he did gimmick it. He then Piper. He says a little bit. I can't remember what he said, but he was fired up too. Um, this is really hot. The people were mad. They got it. They get because I think maybe they should have. I think Sandy Barr let him out of the ring too, or out of the ropes too early. Cause he had just started biting him. I think maybe we gave him a couple more seconds. You know. Yeah. I think it'd have been a little better. And and Sandy Barr no soul. They're getting thrown out of the ring. He went down more than what? Not even 30 seconds. He was up back in the ring. Doing think, yeah, I don't even think that. And he wasn't even selling. He just popped. I mean, it wasn't like he, you know, limped over, you know, to lay him out of the ring. He just popped up and zoomed right in. So that's it. Bay faces are, they're walking out of the crow's nest. Uh, we really I, love how, I, I, I loved how their crow's nest was set up. Yeah. It was really cool because it was like up, you know, as opposed to like in Memphis, you would walk down and go get interviewed. You actually had to walk up to the crow's nest and everybody could see you. Memphis? Huh? I'm saying in Memphis, you walked out of the ring and walked down over to the desk. But in Portland, you walked up to the crow's nest. So you're like on an elevated platform so everybody could see you. Well, see, I always heard they did that because, um, they didn't want to take away the because the, I said it wasn't a really big building, but they could they they could cram them in there, so they didn't want to lose up, lose any seating. So they and they had room up, you know, it was they shot you know they shot out the, the TV the cameras out of the top down, you know, and um, so they had it up there, um, so it wouldn't take up so much room. So that's what I was told, um, you know. We didn't, you know, this is I think this is probably the most. Or the least of moves or anything we really called. Uh, you know, there there was a lot of wrestling. Well, there, there was a, a lot of working in this. Oh, yeah. um, there's selling of, because you think about it, Sheep Herders, uh, they gave some elbows back, uh, you know, Shaman gave an elbow drop, a pile driver. Um, everything else, and they, and they dropped some drop a couple running knees on them but everything else is punch kicking choking and um and they really didn't take much you think about it, they took the headlock they worked the they got the head worked you know it was it was the whole thing of it was more selling and selling of what they did you know there wasn't a lot. If you really wrote out the match, if, there wasn't a lot to this match. No, no, not at all. But they made every they like you said they they worked everything. They made everything count. Um, Luke Luke was in that head scissor for two and a half a long time. Minutes. Yeah, 
and was constantly yeah. moving. Yeah. And here's my thing. I hate nowadays. Uh, they really took away one of the things are selling nowadays. You cannot sell by hitting the mat. You cannot sell by hitting the mat anymore. Because you're to tap out. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I hate yeah. that. I mean, especially because you, you know, like I said, they sold so much with their bodies just flailing here yeah. and there. And that's what I was just, you know, you know, every match we've watched so far is all great work, great selling, but ever it's all been different styles, you know? Oh, yeah. But it's all been excellent. So well, I mean, and, it, and, I, and I mean, we're not we're not picking not just picking random just matches random. too. Like we're we're obviously looking for great people against great people. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so we're we're going to get that. But no, I I I see what you're saying. I do like one thing about them making that the tap out because you know what that does take away. The hole. Let me get the people to cheer while I'm in this hold. I'm gonna hit this mat so everybody. I hate that. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. Don't say that a lot. I don't remember saying that a lot though. On on the independent level, a guy being a chin lock and be like, "All right, come on, everybody." And Back in the mat. The, yeah. I'd see him, you know, doing the. You know, get your fist, you know. <laughs> but, but no, so I think like, I've always hated hated that. Like, and I, I don't mind when people do it with their boot, but it's also like if you're in a hold, why are you trying to get the applause right there? Yeah. You know what? You know what I say, it, Where I think it comes from? Hogan. Seemed like he did that a lot. Well, but what Hogan would do is like, when the hand would drop, he'd stop it, and he'd get it with the finger going back and forth, and they'd clap along with the finger. Well, I've seen him do the, just, you know, I've oh, seen no, him like, do like the revving the train yeah. up as he's getting up. Yeah. yeah, but that's like as he's coming out of the hold. You know what I mean? Not when yeah. he's dead on the ground. And just, yeah, you know, he's like he's up to his feet. There's not as much. Well, I, say, I, I see. Know. You know, I'm thinking. I think about it now. I also let Hogan get away with a lot more because he's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that was him. You know, yeah. My thing, I guess, if you think about it, yeah, if he's got you down and you start using all your energy to smack the mat, use that hand, use energy to try to get out of it. I can see. But and then again, it's that, you know, that it's that really kind of the Southern wrestling old time baby face of you know let's get the people back up for our, you know and we're fixing to bring them back we'll get them up we'll get them we're gonna bring them back down that's yeah. just part of the bring them back the get them up get you know it's just yeah and if and you look I, at it if you I, look I, at I think, it i think what it is is that like in the translation to the newer generation because the old school guys didn't do that uh, not not with the hand like you know if they're in the chin lock they're grabbing the arm they might do it with the foot yeah, you know, but they're selling that chin lock still. I mean, there's always exceptions, right? Jimmy Valiant's going to be in a hold, clapping his hands. Yeah. 
You know what yeah. I mean? And I love Ricky Morton to death. First time I wrestled him, I put him in a chin lock and I'm yeah. working it. I'm working it. And he looks at the front row and goes, clap and goes, come on, people. Come on, get yeah. with me. And I'm like, my uh, chin lock's terrible, apparently. He's talking to these people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I said, it's that old southern baby face. Just get them up because we're going to. We're fixing because we're fixing and bring them down. But we need to bring them down. We got to get them up. Let's, you know, yeah. so it's that you know, you won't get that in no only certain matches you can do that in. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're out there doing, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's if you think about it, it's stupid, but it's one of those things that's been done, you know, not by everybody, but like you said, certain people do it. You know, well, and you're not gonna get it in a main event match. You're not gonna get it in a main event match. It's always gonna be like the the first or second match where it's like, all right, just go out there and get the people. It's like, all right, I got people. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. I mean, like it's it's that wrestling psychology that really doesn't make sense, but it it's always you know you you just go with it. And nowadays, everybody is looking at everything that makes sense. Like the new generation will knock that, but good gosh, they'll slap their leg on tagging in and out. So you know, so you you know, like every generation has that thing that's like you look at it, it's like that don't make sense, but we do it anyway. Like my generation, we look at the leg slap is like, you know, and like you know, you're saying you know the thing. You know, a lot of my generation did that the, the pounding. You know, so, you know, I'm sure the guys in the 60s did something. The guys in the 50s didn't. You know what I'm saying? There's always going to be something yeah. generational. Oh, I mean, there, there's that quote, and I don't I don't have it to memory, of, of Luthez saying that Harley Race did of too all much. people bounced around. Yeah, bounced around like a Super Bowl and didn't look believable. Didn't, Harley didn't, Race. Cornette always says that. Oh, Timer said the Express did too much, you know. And but then you're gonna get that with every generation. Yeah. 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 And I mean, don't get me wrong, I think we're at a point now, and now I feel like this is, you know, old, old guys yelling at the sun. But uh it's I think we are to the point now where like it's either you gotta go back a little bit and then re-educate or something, because I don't know how much more can be done. Tell you something, okay. I watched A and E. Then I watch. I watch it every week. I watch. Yeah, I mean A and E is a good channel, but I, I think you're talking <laughs> about AEW. <laughs> I do. I do it all the time. I, I'm glad you call things. I was got it. AEW. <laughs> and I watch it every week. Okay, I, Quentin is really into arts and entertainment. Yeah, yeah, it's what it is, arts and entertainment. Uh, and then I watch NXT maybe once every four to five months. I watched both of them last night. I didn't finish NXT, but on both programs, there is nothing. I don't think there is anything else you can do anymore that hasn't been done. It's just, oh, I mean, no, you know. I don't know. <laughs> I know one thing. Oh, Kenta was on last week's show. Man, he looked bad. I was bad as in 
everything he did did it just looked weak. Uh, it was brawl. It was a brawl, and it just it, he looked so small in there too. Well, he is. I mean, yeah, I know, but still, guy. it just I don't know. It just looked so bad. I was like, "Woo!" Let, let the let the actual match happen. Those kicks and knees will come. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure they will, but it just. Uh, I've seen him work. You know, I've seen his, you know, a lot of his Japanese stuff, but it just, I don't know. It just, uh, it didn't look good. But no, I'll get back to the thing, you know. Yeah, I don't, you're going to have to, I mean, I don't know. Can you go back? I mean, you have to go back some. I don't know. It just, it's, I, I, I think you can go back and give them the big stuff less. To make the big stuff mean more. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... When but, you, like but said, it, ta- it takes control over who's ever in control. Of, like, you know, it takes the, hey, we're not hitting a dive every match. Dive is saved for this match. You know, limit yeah, your... There's a dive every... There is a dive, like, every match, it seems like. Yeah. Limit your super kicks. First match doesn't go outside of the ring. You know stuff like that to re-educate my but, thing here's the thing they did yeah they don't have to like that they could do and here's my thing everybody does a super kick my, you all right yeah stretch, stretching my back dude. okay I, just, I was like what the crap <laughs> yeah just, just stretching my back man i, I hurt my okay. back you know traveling the whole snow thing today. Is, you know like this i mean they did a pile driver okay that was in 80 that was Still, you know, that's a big time move. He didn't kick out, he got it broke up. Okay. Um sleeper. It was a, it was used as a finish. It was a finish. And that might, I mean, then I had a Boston Crab and a what was the other thing? Big thing they did. Um, I mean, that vertical suplex, you know, depending on how you look at it, could be a big time move. Because, I mean, that was. It wasn't because that was, was Harley's finish. Actually, yeah, because actually it was big in that time period because actually he was going to pin him. <laughs> I, won't, I won't have to I'm, cut this out. I know. I'm just I'm stretching my back. I'm sorry. No, I'm it's sorry, fine. guys. I hurt my back. No, it was. So he wasn't suplex and. and because he did cover it, and Piper sold his back. Yeah, and he, he, he sold he before he covered him, yeah. Yeah, and the the cover was broke. The pin attempt was broke up. The, what was the other one? Donable stretch, and that was really it. Yeah, uh, old school backbreaker. Yeah, okay. And that's about, and that's so, about all I can think of, yeah. Yeah. But nowadays, you get so many moves. But I think maybe if you – maybe like – on AEW, if the Bucks are going to be in a match, all right, guys, on TV, nobody uses super kick to their match. You know? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, you know, that's not their finish, but that's what they're known for. You know, you, you, they're going to eventually they're gonna have to do something because every, like I said, every match, everything looked the same on both um, shows, as in what they were doing. Uh, now, like I said, A and E, I like it more because they have more cast of characters. Um, 
more, you know, reminds me of more old school where everybody, you know, is a different, nobody's, it's not everybody's a clone, you know, which, yeah. and, which NXT is trying to do, well, they're getting some guys that are not body guys, but still, um, AEW is better at, I think, having more of a, you know, cast of characters, which Cornette puts them down for, but to me, it's actually what stands out to me on their, on their end. Yeah. So what, what is, what's, oh God, what's the, what's the saying? Variety is the spice of life, right? So if, if everybody's the same, then nobody's special. Yeah. But there's, there's so many different kinds of people on AEW. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, like, like if you were back in the territory days. I mean, because look, it's like this match. Martel, great physical condition, young, good-looking baby face. Piper, young, not a physical uh, specimen, but he was crazy. And just, right. you know, nutso. Then you got these two guys over here. There ain't nobody in, in the town of, uh, of Portland that looks like these two characters. So, you know, you got to have – that's what was wrestling. It was, it, you know, you – I mean, back in the 50s and 60s, you had very – well, 50s, really, very few gimmicks. You know, you had Gorgeous George was the biggest gimmick. But you had – you look at some of these, you know, you had fat people, Haystacks, Calhoun. You know, um, then you had there was another big guy. I, can't I mean, but you look at you know, and then in the sixties, yeah, Happy Humphrey. Um, you know, and then in the sixties, you get more kind of more gimmick. You get into the more the, you get the, really start getting the mass gimmicks. Um, you know, and you start to get you know you get like the Gorilla Monsoons, um, uh, Don uh, Leo Jonathan, the giant. You know, the first really really big giant. Um, you know, uh, Killer Colossus, you start getting, you really start getting the gimmicks in the 60s. You know, everybody's different. You know, you had uh, the Bruiser and the Crusher. Uh, Nobody yeah. looked like the Bruiser and the Crusher, you know? So, you you know, you, that was wrestling. You know, like I said, the 50s now, 50s, 40s, you really had no gimmicks. 50s, you just had different color wool tights. Yeah. So, especially the TV changed wrestling into where you started to have it was tv you still had your main guys that, but you had a couple gimmicks scattered in there more popular it got the more sideshow it got you know what i'm saying yeah and and then vince took it to this everybody looks the same you know in the recent last 10 15 years uh but like I said, they, this is total territory where people look back then. Every territory was like a max, uh, mixed bag of nuts, you know? I, I think Vince has been trying to do it even longer than that. Always oh, been trying for a long time. Yeah, he, he's always had the cookie cutter guys that he brings up. They just don't always get over, right? Because, yeah. like, I, I, I will bring up uh, Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare. Those guys looks alone vince would have wanted to push him to the moon they just didn't get over no right you know a guy like sean stasiak yeah 
he's an underwear model. Vince loves that. He's jacked, yeah. looks good in tiny trunks and bottle yeah. baby oil. That's what Vince likes, but that doesn't always connect to the crowd. And most of them it don't. You know, not everybody has a bodybuilder fetish like Vince does. Yeah. You know, well, and, you and that's one thing it, I like about like like you said, AEW, and then and like you said, they're starting to do with NXT. You got a a guy like Walter, right? Who's which he's he's actually NXT UK. I don't does he come on the regular NXT much or no? I don't since, since the pandemic, hardly any of those guys have been over. Hardly any of them have been. But you know, he's like he's kind of a chubby guy, but still like well, then you got that one guy, um the guy from Australia. Big he, big guy. He's really big. I'm not sure. I, 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 don't, I, I haven't watched the product a lot lately. I'll be honest. Okay, well, he was on there last night. He's about 300 pounds. He's a he's. Is it Bronson Reed? Maybe. Oh, I, I think I think that it is. I, I've heard the name. I yeah, he's like he's over, he's over 300 pounds. He, you know. Um, oh, and they got the guy uh, Otis. Look at him. Yeah. Oh, Otis is great. But then, but in the same vein, then you get somebody like Keith Lee. And as soon as he comes to the main roster, Vince puts him in a single because he's quote unquote too fat. Yeah. And says he needs to go back to the performance center. And I'm like, Keith Lee's fantastic. Like, what are you? Yeah. You're you're almost performing once you get on the main roster for a, 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 an audience of one. Yeah, pretty much. You know? It's always been that way. You know, unless you move the needle, if you move the needle, he'll listen. Yeah. But if you're not over enough to move the needle off the bat, like AJ Styles, AJ Styles yeah. is not a Vince guy, but AJ Styles no. debuted and that place went electric and his yeah. merchandise sold out and that meat needle moved and Vince is like, oh yeah, I've always liked that AJ Styles. Well, it's like Daniel Bryan. Look at him. And that took years of doing. Yeah, a long time. I mean, I mean, good gosh. What was he in developmental, what, in 99, 2000 in Memphis? Yeah, because it was before his ROH one run, I believe. Because he was uh, – He was still was American Dragon. Yeah, down there in Memphis. Under the hood, yeah. yeah. And then he went to um, – then he started doing the stuff with Michael, Shawn Michaels – well, no, he came uh, straight from Shawn Michaels because that's where he trained. No, I'm talking about there, his t- his when he started doing his TV down there. He did that while he was at the school. He went straight from Shawn Michaels School and wrestling there to developmental. Then after developmental, I'm, Ring of Honor. Watch about so the when he was at training with Shawn Michaels, that was they had his, Shawn Michaels had the TV thing down there then. Yeah. So I thought that was like later on he got started doing the TV. No, Sean had that set up from the get go. Okay, so I, I, so I never seen it. I just know that he yeah. trained there, and I knew I seen he's I knew he's in Memphis, like in '99 ish, 2000. So yeah, and then then Ring of Honor started '01. Uh, Brian Danielson was '02. '02. Okay, either way, yeah. but he was on the first show. It's early '02. And I mean, just started making his name. They go to Europe and Japan and everywhere yeah. and everywhere. And then yeah. he came back to developmental and did that NXT terribleness. And yeah. he got fired for choking a guy. And he got brought back. I mean, 
Did he, the guy he choked, was that the guy? Justin Roberts. A, was it A&E guy? AEW, oh, yeah. Gosh, I did it again. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, but. That, that's going to that's gonna be the new T-shirt, like the AEW logo, but just says A&E, but we'll probably get a copyright <laughs> for it. Oh, me. Oh, speaking of T-shirt, what are you in now, a medium? Uh, I'm I'm still in an in an extra large, man. I'm trying. Gosh, I'm man. trying, but I I could probably fit in some larges. You know, it depends on the shirts, but I'm yeah. uh I'm around two forty three right now. Well, good gosh, dude. I'm I'm really trying, man. I'm just trying to get. You're doing there. very good. That's that's like I noticed pictures of that day. And I was like, what size shirts? And I was like, I don't know. He looks like he's wearing a medium to me. <laughs> he's lost a lot of weight. I, I'm, I'm trying, man. Yeah, I had to get rid of a, a bunch of two X's, and I was going to hang on to them. And I'm like, if I hang on to them, I'll gain the weight back. <laughs> so, I, so I got rid of them the other day. I'm about to have to get rid of my favorite pair of sweatpants, though, because <laughs> I'm having to like, I'm having to like really tie them. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, the, so this whole thing with uh, the, every territory, I mean, you think about it, you look at, okay, well, even last week, your match, those two body types were totally different. Yeah. They look, those two guys look totally different. You got, got one guy, look, he just got off work in coal mine, and the other guy he looks like he has never worked a job. He's a Pump on the subway hustling people for their their fare, you know, with that mullet. <laughs> you know? And then you got then you got the, the one I picked, the uh uh, uh <laughs> Hogan and Savage was that they look more like I mean, you can't really count that, but very well, white boy but you Tom can though. You you can count that because you had Hogan at that time, which was he was a barrel of muscle. Yeah, he was. You know he I mean? was. And you had lean, trim, savage. Yeah, savage was had that that waist, that little that V, that V man. back, yeah. that, that V back, that little waist, you know. But but then you got the the one the in the match the uh, Pritchard White Boy, White Boy. <laughs> Oh man, he was rough looking. That hair all scraggly. I mean, he was just, you know. Yeah, that that's before he was wetting the hair down, so it was all puffy. Yeah. He had a yeah, puffy it skullet. Just, you know, and 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 I've actually seen him work out. This was Dirty White Boy Tony Anthony's workout routine. I saw him a couple of times back in '89, um, '90ish at Hermitage Fitness in Hermitage, Tennessee. They had an indoor track, went around the, the whole inside. He'd run a lap, walk a lap, run a lap, walk a lap. I was like, and, and, and it clicked to me until I got in the business. He was, that's a match, up and yeah. down, up and down. I didn't realize it because like, why is he running one, walking one? I didn't realize that. And then he would do a little bench, some arms and a little bit of shoulders, nothing major. But he spent more time on the track well, I mean, than he did on the weights. Brother had long tights. He didn't need to hit legs. 
No, but I mean, he didn't really hit the other stuff either. I mean, he look, you know, he you know, do a little. I said, little chest, little arms, little shoulders, nothing, you know, really major. But he spent more time on that track. I said, I, I was, you know, I was eighteen years old. I didn't know what was going on because I was like, why is he walking and running? Walking, I was like, shouldn't he just be running? You know, he never, you know, you, you know, especially <laughs> you'd go to the gym at that time. You'd see all the young people running, and all people would walk up the, at the on the track would be the old people. But he would do one of one of it, he wanted one back and forth, back and forth. And I was just like, I didn't get it until I started the business. You're up and down, up and down, up and down, you know. Well, and, and the thing is now, interval training like that is how they recommend if you're wanting to lose weight or burn fat. That's what they, yeah. they say you should do. Yeah. But it was just I didn't realize that, he, that was he was getting that was his cardio for his ring. Ring cardio, you know, up and down like that. Um, and then that match you had from Houston, gosh, look at the different body types and in that match. God, I'm trying to remember. The, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Murdoch. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Murdoch, and then, then you had a you had a in, in shape superstar. Yeah. And then you had a brick of muscle and a pretty in shape Ted DiBiase. Yeah. Yeah, Williams was just—he was—he was big at that point. He was just big. <laughs> he was a—he was. I—I I, I hate to assume, but I assume he was on all the gas. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But just look at that. But now, I mean, the body types—you know—it. It, I guess Vince was the first person that really. In the, in the late 80s, early 90s, you had to have, you know, unless you just had a crazy, unless you were like Bundy, you know, unless you were, you know, already had, your, you know what you're saying? You already established, you know, he wanted to pull somebody off the indie scene if they looked like, you know, put it this way, if, if Dick Murdoch would have started in say 86, 87, never was known. He would have sent the tape to Vince in 88, 90. Vince would have threw it in the trash. Oh, yeah. He would have just never been looking at that. Just looking at He wouldn't even look. He would, they would put it in, looked at it, turned it on, saw his body. He was just standing there before the match. He would have took it out and later maybe told Pat Patterson and and Pritchard to throw it away. No, I agree. Because that time period, he was late eighties. He was definitely, you know, I don't even try to think. He did. Was there anybody that did have a body? In the late eighties, early nineties. I don't think there was. If they didn't, they were grotesque. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, it had to be. They, they, they were really fat and really big. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know what I, um, you know what I mean? It, you couldn't just so be, like about, you couldn't just be kind of a kind of a chubby guy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You couldn't. Um. Yeah. You. I mean, you. Yeah. You. You. You'd have to I'm trying to think of who. Who. I'm trying to think of somebody that didn't really have a body. Um. That time period, 
I'm trying to think. I can't really think Ralph Hanna. <laughs> I mean, one man gang. He had height. Exactly. That you know, that's what I'm saying. Like he didn't have body yet. He, he didn't have body but dusty, obviously. But but Dusty, but Dusty was a known commodity, you know, he was known known so. commodity, and he was I hate to say it, but pretty fat, right? Like if he would have been built like Murdoch, probably wouldn't have been as interesting looking. No. Here's the thing, too. You know, you brought one man gang. But look what it did to one man gang. Hey, you 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 hush your mouth. I love the game. But compared to him as the one man gang. Oh, and like UWF when he's killing everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it um yeah, he brought him in for his size, but I don't he I'm from day one I don't, he had nothing he didn't Um, I think it was he just didn't want he he knew he wasn't gonna never do them with him, but he no, still he, he brought him in for a foil for Hogan to beat. Yeah, basically, it, it's yeah. the same formula as Memphis. You bring somebody in to beat Hogan down, and then this guy beats everybody up, and then Hogan yeah. goes around the loop beating. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but I don't know. It, it just uh. This, like I said, this match, I loved it because they did so little and got so. It's something we watched these. We always we're we're always talking about how the the guys are getting so much out of so little. This, I think, they did the least out of all of them, move wise, and got so much out of the little on this one. I, I think I, I will say I think they did the least out of. Without doing comedy on top of the bump, right? Because yeah. you know Murdoch took one punch, bumped, rolled, sold his yeah. face, ran into a turnbuckle, yeah, and did funny with it. Yeah, I think they got the most out of it being serious. Yeah, yeah, I think they did too. It, 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 like I said all these matches has just been the selling and everything has just been different styles, but it's all been great. Yeah. So, well, I've got I, a, I really enjoyed this. I've got a Styles Clash. I did too, and I've got, but I've got a Styles Clash for you next week. Okay. The thing, I, I called a little. How, bit long, of an how long was this? How long was this total? Do you remember? Thirty-two minutes. It did not seem that. No, not to at me all. It didn't. And you know what? I love the. Um, because like on the Indies, you never, you don't, they don't do this. Like on this one, they did the first fall, second fall back to back. Third one, they they um, broke it up. I liked how they did that. I don't know if that was because it's for TV, you know, and they did the interview thing because it was on TV. But I do know, like, I remember watching the Jackie Fargo against Al Green, or Al Green beat Fargo in the two out of three falls, and Fargo got his head shaved. Got a head shave, Lawler. Fargo shaved his head, not crew cut Jones did. Um, anyway, they did, um, after the falls, they would go to the back. And they'd come back later and do the, I noticed that. So I don't know if they did it all the time like that back then. So I hadn't seen many two out of three falls, you know, from that time period. But, um, and like I said, on this one, I don't know if they just did that because they were it was actually TV and they wanted to get an interview in there. Uh, 
but I liked it. It broke it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, as, I like a, as opposed to that awkward, like when we watched the Buddy Rogers Pat O'Connor match, they had that rest period. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was only like a minute. Yeah. But it was just like, oh, let me sell this move for a minute. And, yeah. You know what I mean? But I like that. The interview thing I liked, that was good. And like, and, um, I said that, you know, you're not going to get a fluent interview out of the sheep herders, and you shouldn't. And, you know, I wish we knew the the thing about the doll. I bet some, because they were talking about, I was like, we don't have to get uh, gifts given to us or something like that. I'm wondering if they did something earlier in the show where somebody gave, like, when Piper and Martel maybe come out for an interview, maybe a fan gave them a gimmick or something that, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Because I, I do know, like, later on, I, I was, uh, I don't know what year, maybe 83-ish. Uh, I know uh, there was a one match I was skimming through. Somebody brought flowers. Even though Buddy Rose was a heel, he got flowers. So I don't know if it's a thing in Portland where they gave them stuff all the time or something. I don't know. But um, I kind of wish I knew the actual meaning of that. But, yeah, it was good. They started throwing it down. But, yeah, it was um, – that I, I, I really like that sheep herd. Cause, and, you know, while, one of the things I kind of liked it too – because most of the stuff you see from the sheep herders, especially from like from Florida and Watts, most of the stuff you see is was their blood and guts. You know, yeah, even you though it never saw them wrestle. No, they really didn't wrestle in this, but they did. It wasn't that just blood guts. All of them bleeding. You know what I'm saying? They didn't get color to the end on the ear. I like that, you know, and usually you watch a sheep herder match. Uh, even in Memphis, when they were going against the Fabs, it seemed like somebody get busted open in the first five minutes, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, so I'm thinking, that, you know, that, which I'm sure there was a lot of sheep herder matches that, you know, that they, they, they didn't, but some like all the ones that you always see on is like from UWF, the Fantastics versus Sheep Herders Bob Wire. That's like one of their biggest matches you ever you always see, and then the uh, sheep herders in Florida with the Fabs bleeding, and sheep herders in Memphis with the Fabs bleeding. You know what I'm saying? So for me, this it was it was good to see them where they wasn't blood everywhere. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I, I like that. Which obviously from this portion so of what I scanned through, I think there's like three total matches of uh, of this feud, and I don't know. If, um, so it wasn't all blood and guts. So I don't think Portland was a blood and guts territory from what, what I've seen. They get color here, you know, on certain when they need it. From what I can see, they don't get color just to be getting it. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. It, it, it wasn't Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I highly suggest anybody that's never watched Portland. Uh, what was oh, I, I was supposed to get the guy's name. This was on. Can you pull that up real fast? Uh, he has the he has the uh, pretty much he has the most um, Portland on YouTube. It's like Tester, what was it? Testosterone one or something like that. No, 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 no. Testosterone overload. So, yeah, he's got the, probably the most uh, of the Portland. 
uh, so go check his stuff out and watch some of his porn. And um, um, I know, like from like '82 on, he's broke it down in a lot of a lot of his stuff is broke down into matches and interviews. He don't do a lot of whole shows. Uh, so if you just want to pick out stuff, look at. Uh, he's got it on. Go check it out. It's at Portland stuff, so, and check out some of that seventies. Like Sandy's Portland, uh, as you can see, Moon Dog Maine, uh, his last, his last run before he passed away. So go highly, highly recommend checking that out. All right, so mine's done for this week. So what do we got next week? Oh man, I, it, it's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little <laughs> different. Uh, it's not going to be getting the most out of the least. Now there's still going to be hard working and getting the most out of and i pulled a little audible uh, Greg, uh ooh, so i almost pulled out the old shoot name i'll be cutting that i out. don't care um, it's on the, the anchor gimmick fair enough <laughs> um but, but quentin, I, quentin and i actually talked about what i was going to do but i'm going to pick up the same people but i'm going to go a little earlier uh because i want to kind of do in, in the next couple matches i pick uh an evolution um, so the match is going to be evolution. Nah, that's not our time period. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was really looking forward to Batista matches. Uh, <laughs> the, the hey, match, we have a lot to uh, talk about. <laughs> we, we that we would. Um, love them in Guardians of the Galaxy, though. Uh, this match will be from June 11th, 1977. Woo, uh, Jumbo Saruta, who is not yet the ace of all Japan. He's on the oh, rise. Oh. He's he's a young, you know, he's he's younger and he's he's Baba's protege. Yeah, he's Baba's protege, maybe a little bit of out out of his shadow, but he's still tagging with him occasionally, yeah. still wearing the same outfit that Baba wears. Wrestling the greatest wrestler on God's green earth. Harley Race, two out of three falls for the NWA world's heavyweight champion. Ship. Forgot ship there. <laughs> where's it? Where's it at? Japan. I could. Hey, you never know. Um. I. I. And I actually don't know the venue. Let me see. Oh, I, I, that's. Good. <laughs> I just wasn't uh, sure it was Japan because they're. You know they shrewd to come out. Um. He came over. Him. Uh, some with Bob and son. I don't know if he when he he brought young boys over, but you can see him in different territories. You can see uh, you see his name pop up in, in uh, on on you know, the little the little uh, cards in newspaper cutouts. Oh yeah, you know where state. he trained. You know he like. I mean, he did he's in Texas. Yeah, the phone. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't he Bob Saruda or something like that? Tommy. Okay, I knew it was some really normal name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what his his first name actually. Uh, Tomami is Tomami Saruda. It's his actual name. Okay. But he wrestled some uh, as uh, as Tommy Saruda while he was Tommy in Saruda. while he was in uh, Amarillo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he trained under uh, Dory Junior. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He worked in Detroit, St. Louis, and Florida, as well as West Texas. Yeah. Uh, and was among the first Japanese wrestlers to ever be cheered by an American crowd. Wow. Yeah, so they, they, they didn't bring him in to go, evil Japanese guy, go. Exactly. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so 
Wow. But it, this is a, so I'm going to pull another jumbo match for my, for my next match too. Um, but I really want to see, want you to see the difference between 77, you know, young up and coming jumbo to the next match I pull, which will be late eighties, early nineties. I'm the top guy. And I'm also not a heel, but kind of a heel. I'm, you know, mean and grizzled and prickly. And I'm yeah, beating up jumbo, young yeah, guys. Yeah. I, I love 90s jumbo. Yeah. Um, but I really want to show the evolution of that. And he's in here with mean, grizzled, prickly Harley Race. It was 77, Harley. Mm, he even, was even, my, he was even. Getting- Harley Race was mean, grizzled, and prickly at 23. That's what I'm saying, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this was... So was this... Harley's got the world title. Is this after he beat Funk? Terry? Uh, I'm trying to... 77? Yeah, it's June 11th, 77. We pull up the old NWA world title history. Gotta love Google. Um, scroll down. Let's get into the 70s here. It's got to be close. Uh, he, yep, he beat Terry Funk in February of 77 and held it until August of yeah. 79. Yeah, so he got the strap then, yeah. I thought it was, it was, had to be close. And okay. uh, we also see a, a special appearance at the beginning of the match from one Mr. James E. Barnett. Really? Yeah, he talks on the wow. microphone. Oh, gosh. <laughs> My boy. Wow. But yeah. Um, he was this... really creepy looking. <laughs> Seriously, have you seen pictures of him? Oh, yeah, I, I, I have. And... Uh, I mean, I see him, see him right here. He's really, he's thinner here than I've seen him in the other pictures, but he's also, okay. you know, a little younger, but, uh, and you'll, you'll, you'll see Saruta. And if you're, if the normal Saruta that you're used to is nineties, you know, late eighties, early nineties, grizzled Saruta doesn't even look like the same guy. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I've seen some stuff. I've seen some late seventies, early eighties Saruta. Yeah. Body wise and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's uh he's thin. He hasn't he hasn't filled out really yet. Yeah, he's um, so yeah. It, it, it's fantastic. Though. When he uh, first started, he was like a mini. He was like mini Baba when really he first was. started. Yeah, when Baba, not not decrepit looking, weird looking, but when Baba first started, Baba was always been skinny. But when he first started, he wasn't that. Weird looking skinny, you know. When he well, first, he was still skinny, Baba. Yeah, ba- Baba also, you know, Baba had the legit giantism. Yeah, and like it changed his body over time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying you know his uh his chest and abdomen would fill out, but his arms and legs would still be weird and gangly. Yeah, yeah, his rib cage, you can see it. His rib cage expanded it, and his, yeah, had that bird chest. Yeah. <laughs> He was, yeah, but it, but when he first started, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, and this but, is more. This is seventy seven, so this is more trim Harley race too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, he he didn't quite have all the the beers on his belly. 
Yeah. Which, you know, even, even Harley with the biggest belly he ever had never looked bad. No. But this is this is more like streamlined Harley, you know, yeah. ye- yellow and black Harley, you know, sideburns yeah. Harley, short hair. Is it a two out of three or is it just oh. two out of three? It's okay. I tell you, man, I, I didn't realize until I you know, started watching footage. Um, it's all like Houston, uh, I think St. Louis, a lot of places in the 70s. Did two out of three yeah. on their world champion matches. Yeah, it, it, like Mem- it's a real like good Memphis way didn't. to. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> it, it, it's a real good way to uh, to give that rub to the local guy too. Yeah, have them, definitely. Have them pin the champion. Well, yeah, I, so think, this, I think I think I think they only did that in territories where where the local guy could was, hang. Could hang and credible, you know. Yeah, um, um, absolutely, I could see that. You know, there's no way Hardy was coming to Nashville and doing a two out of three with George Goodless, you know. Oh God! You know, here's what you know. I know we're getting we get off subject on a lot of stuff. <sighs> I'm just thinking about Harley having to do that. Well, here's the thing. Was George Gillis bad? Yes. Was he the worst? No. Yes. Okay. On my days. No, he he was absolutely not. I'm I'm kidding. I've seen so many guys so much worse on these independents that it was their show. So they were getting pushed to the moon, or their daddy's show when they was getting pushed to the moon. So, yes, George was bad. Did George deserve that spot he got? No. Uh, did George get his spot because his daddy? Yes. Um, now, you want to look – if you think – okay, this is the way I look at it. You ask anybody that worked Kevin Von Eric. A lot of guys didn't like it. Gordy loved it because Gordy could handle him. Kevin Von Erich was a train wreck in the ring. Oh, no stiff. psychology. Yeah, stiff, stiff and crazy. Yeah. A lot of guys didn't like working him. Gordy loved it. I mean, it was Terry Gordy. I mean, come on. But so do you consider him a bad worker? Some do. You know, because he would go in there and, you know, you watch some of their stuff, man, and you could tell it was a it was a, it was a fight to get him to sell. To oh, you know, the, the Freebird said it was like a safe bar fight every night. Yeah, you know, it's like I mean, you know, you got yeah, I believe in staying strong, but sometimes you do have you do have to lay down and sell yeah. for sympathy and. He won't. He would never do. It. I mean, it, you watch that stuff, and it's. That's why I was wondering. I think, um, um, Buddy Roberts. I think he. I think he insisted on getting his head shaved and and come up with a gimmick so he could wear the head headgear. <laughs> you know, I think it was like, shoot, I'll, I'll shave my head, wear the headgear for about a, about a month if I got to work Kevin every night. You know. 
<laughs> but you know, I, like I said, yeah, Georgia's bad. Um, and I, you know, but here's the thing: people don't give George for uh, credit for. It's out there. It's on. It was on one of those uh, old seventies Gulas house, uh, Gulas in Memphis house shows that was floating around in the early early nineties. All those clips. There's a match in Nashville at the fairgrounds where he's working Mr. Suzuki. Mr. Suzuki threw salt in George's eyes. One of the best sell jobs I've ever seen in my life. He had the people in the crowd. Got One guy took off his shirt to help wipe the eyes out. That's selling, man. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, everybody uh, getting on the internet. And that, there's this one guy I cannot stand. His name's David Williams. He has a, he's a historian, Southern Gillis wrestling and stuff. And the guy is very knowledgeable, but he's a prick. And he gets on his, he's got, he does map memories. He gets on, don't cussing, no, uh, don't, you can't do, you know, don't. Get on here, uh, making fun of people. He bashes George Gillis every time he gets a chance to. Yeah, and I'm thinking, I just and this guy, he, he I was like, dude, you know, you see, like, why are you bashing him? You know, I guess because you're four foot tall to make you feel better. I guess. He, I mean, it's just like, but there is some of people and they bash him, and I said, all person, and they bash Nick. Bad, and the only person I ever see stand up for Nick besides me is Scott Till. And and my whole thing is, and people on there, you know, they and uh, talk about how bad he paid and everything. Everybody paid bad. I mean, Dutch Mantel got fired by Jerry Jerry because Jerry uh, Dutch made a joke to, uh, about Jerry in front of the boys about how bad he paid. You know, promoters they didn't, you know. Put it this way, they said that Jackie Fargo was working for Nick in the 60s and 70s, early 70s. His pay come out to be over a million dollars by our money. Uh, yeah, no, no. I'm sorry, you're opening the, somebody you're jerking the cart. You're jerking the curtain. You're not going to make Jackie Fargo money. You know? You know? Uh, I'm sorry. And you you had guys that stayed with Nick forever. They wouldn't have been there unless they were making money. Yeah. And the most of the people that talk about Nick not paying was lower card guys. Yeah. Or the champions. When the champions would come through. Well, but if if it's the NWA champion, that's already that money's already there. I mean, they don't know what they're getting. You know, well, the well, yeah, the but they, but they would also say that they they're pretty sure some funny math happened there. That was every territory. But I you mean, know, you know, some were more honest than others, right? You go in there, oh, you do yeah, a Paul but, Bo- yeah. do Paul Bosch, and it's like, there's your money. You well, because his numbers had to be, you know, they were, you know, he was when you when you're with the top when the top territory, you know, towns. In the NWA, you can't fudge the numbers. Yeah. So guys like that, you know, Hint Bosch, 
uh, much, Nick. Well, it, it, it's a different difference of the markets too, though. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And that's what a lot of people don't look at. You know, they talk about how great Vince, Vince Senior paid. Well, he's in all the top markets. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's there's a giant difference between wrestling in Nashville and Birmingham in the 70s and wrestling in, you know, New York City and Boston and Philadelphia. Dude, somebody posted, there's this old-timer, Jim Lancaster, from mm-hmm. the 70s. Um, he worked Florida uh, in the summer in Florida in the early, I want to say early 70s. Trained Al Snow. Uh, I think, huh? Trained Al Snow. He sure did, because yeah, he was, yeah, big Jim Lancaster. That's right, he's from out there. That's right. That's right, he did. Yep. He, I, I, I forgot about him. Yeah, because after he went, he worked for Gulas managing for a while. He worked in Florida, worked some of the territories. And yeah, he, he, because um, actually, some of that stuff I did for Scott I had, there was some, uh, some of that Ohio, Michigan, that whole area, stuff from the 80s, independence. I forgot about that's where Jim Lancaster went. He stayed up there after he was down in the south in the 70s and he moved up that way. Uh anyway, they showed somebody showed his weekly um booking sheet with payoff for each town. And this was almost in 74. Man, he was making great money. I'm talking like who was it? Three or four hundred dollars a week. Yeah, in the seventies, that's fantastic. Well, I think it was like seventy three, seventy four. Because he was making, there were some shots he would make. He would do like fifty bucks, seventy five bucks for towns, and I was like, holy moly! Yeah, I can't remember where I saw. Yeah, it was like he worked a summer down there in Florida. I want to say seventy four, seventy five ish around that time period. But he was making really good money and he would and he was never above i think the highest he got was third match he was either first second and he had a couple thirds but he i don't don't think he ever went over i don't think he ever went over and um so yeah he's an undercard guy and he was making that kind of money that money that he had Somebody, I think it was Barry Rose. He's he's the big Florida guy on history. I think he had it. It was um, it was it was this is booking sheet with payoff. It might have been because I know there were some seventy. I think Miami he got seventy five. Was it? St. Pete, yes. It was like, I think it even had a $100 one. So that was good money. Like, you know, like I said, 73, 74, 75, that time period. So, yeah, especially for yeah, prelim talent. Yeah. Yeah. He, like I said, he was, op- he opened this, you know, he never got above third match, uh, never won a match. You know, that's good money, you know. Um, but that, you think about that territory was making a lot of money. Now, I'm sure when he would come up, when he came to Tennessee, and was managing, I'm sure, for Goulas, he wasn't making that much money. Yeah. But you think about Goulas, the Goulas end, the eastern end of the, ta- of the territory, Nashville, what did it hold? When that old, the old uh, women's building, 
you could get 4,000 people in there. They say you could get five, but man, the way that building was shaped with the cutout and they had the bleachers, you might have, there was going to be a lot of people standing and not be able to see a lot of stuff. Um, so if you, I say, I say you get 30, say 3,500 people average. Chattanooga was the biggest town on the east side. Um, they get like four to 5,000. Okay, you take, that's probably like the smallest town in Florida, on the Florida territory, you know? Because, I mean, you had Miami was big, um, St. Pete, Tampa, um, Jacksonville was really big, Don Curtis's um, town in Florida. It was really big. So, um, their probably smallest one was Orlando at the Eddie Graham uh, sports building. So, so you got to think about too the size of towns. So Nick didn't have any really big towns, you know, Nashville. I mean, he had Birmingham that was bigger, but Chattanooga was the biggest one. He had Huntsville. I mean, what else will hold 1500, you know? So, so then you think you got your spot shows in between, you're open the curtain. You're not gonna make money in goes territory. It what they it wasn't set up for it to. Yeah. Now Memphis in, you had you know uh, Memphis ten thousand seat building. Louisville what it holds was it like six thousand tops. Louisville Probably. six thousand. Um, Evansville hold what thirty five hundred back then. I think it had like thirty five hundred four thousand for Evansville. The layout they had. Actually, no. Actually, I had the layout. Actually, it held more than that. The way they had it set up because it was all the way around. I think it held maybe five at one at, on their setup. So, Gillis Valley didn't have any big arenas to really, you know, if you're not going to make any money. So, yeah. You know, I don't know how we got off on that, but. <laughs> <laughs> from Jumbo to Gillis's payoffs and Florida payoffs. And but yeah, a lot of it has to do with, like you said, you know, when the champion go around, you get that percentage of the gate. And I'm sure a lot of them did fudge it, you know. But like Kansas City, Flair said he hated going to work Kansas City week. Especially because in the 80s, Kansas City, you know, was downhill, especially by the mid 80s. And he, you know, and he's he said he had to go work at Broadway with Rufus R. Jones. <laughs> no, he, Rufus. Said he, he said he had to work in a car lot one time. Yeah, yeah. You know, I saw somebody post something about how Kansas City territory was owned by Geigel Race. Who's the other person? How? Those guys could run such a horrible territory. Well, Harley was never there. And that's the thing. Harley was never there. And Goggle was in love with Bulldog Bob Brown because he was his stooge. That's what that's what uh, Rick McCord told me. He said Bulldog, Bulldog Bob Brown was Goggle's stooge. That's why he kept him around. But I was thinking, you can keep him around, but don't keep him on top, you know? <laughs> but yeah, they, they, but yeah, Harley wasn't around Harley at all until the very end, and when he sold events, 
He sold his part. But Geigel's, see, Harley sold his part to Vince. Geigel kept running. Because Harley wouldn't work for Vince. Geigel kept running. He sold the Saint, his part at the St. Louis to Vince and got out. That's when he went to work for Vince. Yeah. But Geigel kept running. And, man, they were drawing like 200. And when Geigel hooked up with um, Crockett, they were sending the, you know, the low – low card Crockett people out there, they were still in uh, Kansas City. Can, the actual Kansas City was only drawing like 200 people. Oh, yeah. They sent the men out got, there sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, man, Goggle must just suck as a promoter. I mean, he must not have did nothing. Yeah. I mean, there's no way he could. Actually, I looked for stuff uh, for ads for Rick McCord. And uh, when he was out there in 87, there's some of them towns and newspapers I look to. No, no newspaper ads. In the '80s, you still had to have newspaper ads, you know. Yeah. I mean, all right. Well, I think we've went <laughs> 20 years off what we're supposed to be doing here. So, you got anything to add to this thing? I don't think I do. <laughs> and I don't think I can add anything else. So, it's like you can stick a fork in her; she's done. But Jeremiah Plunkett, hey, that's me. Thanks for listening. God bless. Bye, everybody.